Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. All right, good. Hey, we're starting a brand new series today called A Holy Shift. And I have to be very careful throughout this message series, just to let you know, but it was in 1994 that a holy shift happened in my life. The, the people around me thought I was okay on the outside, but underneath I was broken, lost, hopeless, hurting, filled with shame, and it was all beginning to come to the surface. Anybody can understand, like, go through that yourself? Um, I was at the end of myself, but I remembered how I felt at a church service that I'd gone to years before, and so I decided to go back there on a Wednesday night. Um, and I'd only darkened the door of a church about a dozen times my entire life, just to let you know, I grew up in the church or church environment. Well, that night on a Wednesday night, I sat in the back, not knowing anyone, listened to the message. It was on Exodus, incredibly boring because I just couldn't understand it. Uh, and I sat in the back listened to that message, and at the end, the pastor had us bow our heads to pray, and he asked this, this uh, one question, does anybody here need help? Is anybody in, here in this place hurting? Um, are you lost? Uh, anybody here? And I thought to myself, well, everybody here probably respond to that, right? I'm, I'm thinking in my head, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not part of the church environment, I, don't really, I just think, well, okay, everybody, there's probably, you know, six, 700 people there that night. And uh, thought to myself, yep, okay. So he had us, all of us respond for those who are hurting, broken, lost, to respond by lifting their hands for prayer. And moments later, he said this, young man, come on down here. That wasn't Bob Barker from The Price is Right. Young man, come on down here. I want to pray for you. And apparently I was the only one who had struggles that night. I wanted to run out the back door. I was in back. I wanted to run out the back door because this was so uncomfortable for me. But instead I responded and walked to the front of the church. And after praying to receive Jesus and releasing my burdens and mistakes to God, I felt like a new person. I'd felt those heavy burdens, the regrets, the mistakes lift off of me for the very first time, and I, I experienced a holy shift. I, I, I experienced now all of a sudden peace that I'd never experienced in my life, joy, unbelievable thing that happened. It was a supernatural change. I call it when holy meets human, when heaven meets earth, a shift is a move from one place to another, a, listen, a slight change in position or direction. It really is a shift or the changing of a person. We talk about a shift. We see these moments throughout the Bible from Abraham to Moses, from Rahab to David to Hannah, Peter, Paul, countless lives change when a holy God meets the brokenhearted. And even though these shifts can be a bit awkward and uncomfortable, when embraced, they always end up amazing and beautiful. So I believe 
that we are in the beginning or seeing a holy shift happen in us and around us. I believe we've entered a season of change and a change for the better. You've been praying for you. Others have been praying for you and me. You've been praying for others. You've been wanting them to experience the goodness of God, to know the love, the joy, the peace, and the freedom that comes through Jesus. And my hope is that we would not only be praying for them and praying for us and praying for these life-changing moments, but that we would and they would experience them as well. So I'm building this series on a, on a holy shift moment that comes out of Nehemiah. Go figure. You can't get rid of this guy. We just spent like nine weeks with him. But it was, it, it's, it's a good segue into what we want to talk about because they had just finished the wall and the gates. And this is what happened. Nehemiah 8, give me a little time through here. Nehemiah 8, 1 through 3. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. Brings out the Bible. So on October 8, Ezra, the priest, brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and the women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate and from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand all the people listened closely to the book of the law. Verse 5, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Hmm. Hey, if you're able to stand, can we just do that for a moment? I know I, I, just, I just want us to just kind of get back there a couple thousand years ago when, when they finished the, their series on Unfinished. And, um, and then all of a sudden they had this moment. And maybe you've done this in the church before where the pastor says, hey, we're about to read, read the word of God and we can all stand in, in reverence. It really is a, a holy moment when we can think about the Bible in the word of God, and Jesus, who is the word of God, right? Matter of fact, when we, when we talk about, when, or when John talked about the word of God, he said, it was the word that we handled. Like he was saying, man, we touched Jesus, the word. Like, like this is something so, so important to us. So that's what they did. So thank you for standing. I'll have you sit in just a moment. Maybe not. No. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 8.6 says this, then Ezra praised the Lord. He's opening the book. He opens the book. They're standing. He praises the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen. Woo! As they lifted their hands. Now, you can do this. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. There's, do you see something happening here? Like, what is going on here? Now, let me just pray for him. Lord, I thank you that what we're about to hear today, God, would, would just get in our hearts and would also do the same, that we would, we would find a new place of, of holy in our lives. We would find a new level of reverence and love for God that we've never experienced before. God, I pray for that in Jesus' name. Thank you. You can be seated. So 
he goes on and talks, and so let me just read this. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Webejamin, Akub, Shebathai. Again, you want to learn how to speak in tongues, just read this stuff. Hodiah, Messiah, uh, Kalida, Azariah, Josebed, Hanan, and Peliah. Then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. This is really key words here. They read from the book of the law or the Bible of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Now remember, there had been a drought. This this kind of stuff didn't happen. Remember, the temple was in shambles. The walls were in shambles. The city was struggling. So people just didn't go out in the square and start reading from the Bible. So just just a little backdrop. So verse 9, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day or a holy day before the Lord God. For the people have all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love that. You know, matter of fact, um, when you see in the Bible that, that there are times when, man, you'd open up God's word in the Bible and all of a sudden tears start flowing, right? And so this isn't a bad thing necessarily, but look at this. And Nehemiah continued, said, he said, hey, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share f- gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our God. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Verse 11, and the Levites too quieted the people and said, hey, tell them, hey, hush, don't weep, don't weep. This is a sacred day. So the people went away. Look at they went away to eat and drink at a festive meal to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. I'm telling you, sometimes there's nothing better than sitting down reading your Bible and thinking, oh my goodness, I get it. Right? How many times have I read the Bible like, I don't get this stuff. What's going on here? And all of a sudden, when, when, when the Holy Spirit says, illuminate something, like, wow, th- listen, that is a life-changing moment, right? That's a life, when you get like revelation, when the word comes alive, it's awesome. But, but a holy shift just happened here. Listen, a people once hopeless, once defeated, once lost in darkness, now celebrating with great joy because they not only heard the word but could understand it. See, I believe there's been a spiritual drought. There, there's been a, because there's been a spiritual distraction, but now a holy shift, a time of turning to God, a time of a hunger for God, a time for a change in position and direction, a time for us, the family of God, followers of Jesus, to rise up and embrace the change that we've been praying for. A holy shift. Now, you might personally be experiencing a shift as we speak, or you might know someone who's going through it right now. Either way, get excited because God is moving. You guys still with me? First, let me say this. Not everyone likes change, but change is inevitable. It's one thing you can't stop because we cannot become what we want if we stay where we are at. 
We just can't. We cannot become what we want or what he wants if we stay where we are at. Change is something most humans resist, especially as we grow older. Arguably, 90% of people resist change, the change necessary for experiencing the abundant life. As we get older, we, we talk about resisting change, even sing songs about, I haven't got time for the change. But when someone embraces change, you know it. Listen, you see them out there happy, joyful, content, fulfilled. It's not that they don't have bad days. They just have a ton of good ones. Change can be difficult because it causes us to let go of control. But if you think about it, we've been trained for change. From womb to tomb. As a matter of fact, a scientific fact, our bodies actually regenerate every seven years. Our cells die and new cells are born. Change is inevitable. It's God-given. And when things start looking a little out of control, a little messy or chaotic, don't worry, don't fret. Something good is about to happen because as one author states, all great change is preceded by chaos. Nehemiah and the people went through just that. Walls, gates, city, church, and people once in shambles. Now a genuine, authentic, inward change, a real revival. So again, when things start looking a little out of sorts, a little out of control, don't worry, don't fret. Listen, something good is about to happen. Amen? How many of you are going through a little shift, a holy shift right now? Anybody who's been through one probably in the last couple of years, right? Both hands up. Any, anybody, by the way, we're all going to go through one eventually, so, but, but not at the same time, I think, because God, that's really smart by God. It's like I say in our marriage, if, if Emily's having a bad day and I'm having a bad day, that's a bad day. <laughs> Usually one of them's up, one of them's, one of them's down, but we can, we can balance each other out. Let me give you a few things to think about when going through a holy shift. First... A holy shift, you got to know this, is a heavenly gift. I want you to embrace whatever you're going through in life. It is a heavenly gift. Even though it may not look like it in the moment, God is about to bring something good out of something hard. He's about to bring something good out of something hard. Hebrews 12, 11, here's the proof. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, say afterward, there will be, say there will be, not there might be, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Not just a peaceful moment, but a peaceful harvest. A gift always comes from the shift because God loves to give gifts. Luke 11, here we go. You've heard this before. I love these verses. You fathers, if you children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if, you, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, to those who ask him, to those who ask him? The only prerequisite of the gift is the asking for it. And look what happens in the very next verse. Check this out, Luke eleven fourteen. 14. Don't be scared by this. 
One day, look at right after this, he's one day Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak and the crowds were amazed. <laughs> a gift. But, but it, I can't, that, there, that was a definitely a holy shift moment for that dude. That dude was trapped, messed up, something needed to change. And Jesus came strolling through town with gifts. That's what he does. That's what he does. I was always that guy who was waiting for bad things to happen, even though things were going good. <laughs> See, I've learned it's hard to enjoy life if you're waiting for the proverbial hammer to fall. I'm learning more and more that the end results from God are always good, and they are a gift. Did you hear that? They're always good, <laughs> and they are a gift. That's why we need to pray for a holy shift because it is a heavenly gift. Now buckle up. Here's the truth that we may not want to hear but need to. Ready? Buckle up. Get your steel-toed boots out. You can't have a holy shift without a holy sift. <laughs> I know. Believe me, all these things get to me first before they get to you. I can laugh about it now. Um, you can't have a holy shift without a holy sift. A separation, a cleansing, a purging, a sifting. God does this from time to time. He removes the thing that tends to hold us back in life. But please know the sift is for our good and for his glory. And it will always deliver a greater measure of freedom and joy and celebration. Isn't that what happened with Nehemiah and the people? They experienced that. But prior to that, they were pressured by the enemy. They were intimidated during the work. Some people helped, some people didn't. Some people were eager while others got angry. It exposed, it revealed, it uncovered. The people were sifted, they were tested, they were pressed. But in the end, they were blessed. It's the part of our life that we may not like, but the holy sift is inevitable when going through a holy shift. Yay. Amos 9.9. For surely I will command, this was God speaking, and will sift the house of Israel among all nations. As grain is sifted in the sieve. But look at this. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. We worry about that. Like, man, God, what's happening in my life? Am I going to miss it? Am I getting knocked off, knocked off the path? Am, am, am I, am, am I going to struggle for the rest of my life? No. The sift is inevitable. But don't worry. God's got you. He's got his eye on every single detail of your life as you go through change. Not the smallest thing will leave his sight. Not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. Don't you love God? He, he, he has, that's why I want to get to heaven. He's going to gather up every single one of my hairs that were lost. Because he's, like, he, he, he's got everyone. When I get to heaven, you're not going to recognize me. I'm going to look like Fabio. And I'm going to put a fan there. And you're going to say, is that Pastor Dan? Mm-hmm. Full flowing head of hair. Listen. I wish I, wish I could tell you this, but the, you can't have a holy shift without a holy sift. 
When I think of sifting and separating, I'm reminded of how salt was made back in the day. The process to separate salt from sand was a bit tedious. Many years ago, salt was extremely valuable. As a matter of fact, people got paid with salt. But getting it was not easy. If you wanted salt, you would have to go to the shores of the salt sea. You would gather, listen, sand and salt mixed together. Hmm. And by the way, the sand looks so much like the salt, but obviously with a much different taste. So it had to be sifted and separated. The process, here we go. Equal amounts of salt and sand mixed together. You then place the mixture in a pan and add water. Heat the water up until the salt dissolves. Allow the sand to settle to the bottom of the pan and then pour off the salty water. Remove the sand from the pan and put the salty water back in. Boil the water again, leaving only salt in the bottom of the pan. I just described what it feels like when you go through a holy shift. A holy shift, sorry, and a holy shift. Right? That's what it feels like, shaking, sifting, boiling, boiling again, and waiting. <laughs> but the end result will give us something that has purpose, something that enhances the flavor and gives meaning to life, something that stands out. Isaac, you know what I'm talking about. This speaks right to you about the stuff you went through. Boiling, 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 waiting, waiting, trusting God. But he comes out and enhances the flavor of the people around him. He has purpose. And I can speak that to all of us here today. We get this at some level, right? Jesus made this statement, Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Now, what is, what is he saying here? He's saying, listen, he's not saying that you have salt. He's saying you are salt, right? When you gave your heart to Jesus, oh, my goodness, you got salt, but you are salt. Listen, a holy sift will bring out your purpose your purity, and your passion as you follow Jesus. You guys with me? So years back, I met a, a missionary from Pakistan. And I'm always curious, like, man, how things work in other countries? And uh, I said, what's the difference between American Christians and the believers in your country? And he was very honest. He said, in America, it's harder to find the Christian. He said, there's too much blending. Too much blending of sand and salt. It's hard to see which one is which. He said, in our country, when you, when you give your heart to Jesus, you're ostracized from your family. You're separated quickly. You're persecuted by the community. Separated quickly. It's just different. Now, I'm not, I'm not here putting any judgment or condemnation. I'm just saying you can't have a holy shift without a holy sift. It's a good thing. Tr trust God. It is a really good thing. I'm not saying it feels good, but the end result is always good.
See, a salt shaker, have you ever, have you ever like gone to a restaurant and you want to get some salt? That thing's been sitting there for like six months and it's like hard as a rock, right? Because it's been sitting there, not being used, right? A salt shaker left to itself unused will turn hard. Salt only fulfills its purpose when it is used. So you just got to shake it up. Turn to him and say, shake it up. Or God will. Lovingly. With a holy sift. Holy shift. But the shaking and the sifting is about to produce something amazing. Gideon was sifted just before he defeated the Midianites. David was tested just before he defeated Goliath. Jesus was pressed in the garden before conquering death and the devil on the cross. So, I'm I'm, I'm almost done because I got to get you to a place where you understand this is not on your shoulders. This holy thing we're talking about is not on you. We, what, this is what we do to ourselves. We try to, we try to bring ourselves to a higher standard. God didn't say come to a higher standard except for those who teach the word. He said to us, all of us, not a higher standard, a different standard. A different, a salty standard, a peculiar, something that stands out or shows, hey, no, no, what's, why are you so different? You got the joy of the Lord that's your strength coming out of you. Not a higher standard. Listen, I, 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 God is bringing me higher as the Holy Spirit does his thing in me, but I, 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 I want to be different. I don't want to be holier than thou. Let God bring the salt out of you to enhance the flavor of life into those around you. Amen? And here's the final truth as we're finishing up. I believe the most important thing when going through a holy shift, the changing, the sifting, and the shifting must be saturated, filled, and immersed with the Holy Spirit. If we're talking about holy, holy only comes from one place. Jesus said, be holy as I am holy, he said. Right? It comes from God. It's one of those words we got at the beginning of the year to start the year in Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by human power, but by my spirit says the Lord. We cannot live without the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Nehemiah 8.1. Here we go. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square, just inside the, say it. You remember that? By the way, this is about Nixon. You, you, you people, you younger people don't understand that. No, Nixon. Um, what did the Watergate represent? What's that? Cleansing, refreshing water of who? The Holy Spirit, right? 
we, we tied that together. If you were here for that, go back and listen to it. The water gate, the fountain gate is a picture of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what that is. So he, they, they assemble together with you know a purpose in the square just inside the water gate. Just inside the refreshing, life-giving water of God. So that the people could understand they needed the Holy Spirit to move in that place. He could have been by the sheep gate. Makes sense. Hey, let's bring this back to Jesus, the Lamb of God gate. No, he was looking ahead saying, if you want to understand things in life, if you want to understand the season you're going through, if you want to understand the Bible when you read it, if you want to just get discernment in your life, then it's going to come as you, as you read the Word, it's going to come by and through the Holy Spirit. Every holy shift that we go through in life absolutely needs the Spirit of God moving and moving on the inside. Amen? Because outward change doesn't last unless inward change is driving it. Outward change does not last unless inward change is driving it. Because holy isn't something you do. It is who he is. Can we start this series inside the water gates? Amen? Trusting the leading of the Holy Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit. Like, I, this is what I tell people to do, man. If you're going to crack open your Bible or read your version, say a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I invite you in this moment to tell me and help me understand what I'm about to read. Holy Spirit, remember all this stuff is predicated on asking, right? You want a gift? Ask. God will give it to you. Lord, I need the gift of discernment. I need to know what to do in my marriage. I need to know what to do in my family. I need Holy Spirit, I invite you. Because he'll teach you, he'll guide you, and he'll help you. When going through a change, a shift, we absolutely need to be saturated with the spiritual water of the Holy Spirit. Because when we get saturated, we can truly be separated. And I'm not saying separated, I'm, I'm saying be in the world, but not of the world, right? Right? Not, not mixing ourselves with dirt and sand, but coming out from among them and being salt and light to the world. But holy isn't something you have to do, which is awesome. I can't make myself holy. I need the Holy Spirit to do that because I think too many people are trying to make themselves holy. It doesn't work that way. Have you ever met that person who preaches holy but lives mean? He seems holy but not very happy. She looks holy but lives angry. That's the wrong kind of holy. Without the Holy Spirit, we get a little crusty, right? We can, we can get, our hearts can get a little hard. So this is how we're going to end. 
Because, you know, you're wondering how, like what, what, is, what is one of the purposes in the holy shift? Well, again, it's to separate the, the, the salt from the sand. But really, it's just coming to Jesus and giving him our dirt. <laughs> That's all it is. Here, just, I give you my dirt. I give you my, my, my all the stuff, the, the, the thoughts that the enemy tries to put in my life. I give you, I give you that stuff, God. You just clean it off. Clean me, God. So when you think of a holy shift, I'll give you three quick phrases, maybe a quick thing to say. You might be saying this. Why this battle? And the Holy Spirit will respond, because God's about to bless you. You might say, why all the ruckus? The Holy Spirit will say, because God's about to reward you. you. You might say, why all the trouble? And the Holy Spirit will say, because God is about to anoint you. Why the shift? Because God's about to save you. Or God's about to save your family member. Or your friend. Or the one you've been praying for. Amen? So don't get discouraged. Don't quit in the shift. God is about to do something good in our lives. That's what happened when they finished the wall. A holy shift into joy and celebration and freedom and, and an authentic, loving community. Not doom and gloom, not devastation and destruction, but a shift into God's goodness and God's glory, a shift into loving relationships, restoration of family, and a shift in revival. Amen? It's really what we're, that's what we're praying for. And by the way, I'm speaking a prophetic word into our church, something that may not all be here right now, but is coming. Amen? Because we've been praying for it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for, for the holy shift. We, 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 we receive it. We invite the change, God, that you want to make inside our hearts, God. And even though, God, there have been some very, very difficult moments that people have been, your people have been going through, have gone through, and you, you had a lot of questions from God and saying, God, what is happening? Why is this happening? And, and, and I just pray, Lord, that, that as we're thinking about these things that have happened, is happening, or will happen, Lord God, that we would hear your heart in it, that you're a good God and you give good gifts. Even though it seems difficult and uncomfortable, God, your end result is good. It's a harvest of blessing. It's a reward. God, let us know your heart in the middle of every single holy shift or change we go through because we know you love us. We trust you, Lord. And I pray for blessings and favor over every person here, every person listening, going through a difficult time that you would experience the loving touch, the holy, tender touch of your heavenly Father. He loves you. He loves you. If you're here today and you're listening online and you just feel lost and broken and hurting just like I talked about in the very beginning of this service, you 
you look good on the outside. You feel, it seems like things are going good on the outside, but in the inside, things are not good. I want to lead you through a prayer to receive healing and salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. Would you put your hand over your heart and would everyone just repeat this from your heart, this prayer um, of, of receiving Jesus? Say, say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, taking my sins, forgetting them as far as the east is to the west. I'm a new person because of you, Jesus. So thank you. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Hey, have a great day. Prayer team is up here to pray for you. Go Lions, I guess. Man, all right. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.